and welcome to today's podcast. Today we have with us Paul Restrick, who is the technical sales specialist over at Epson. And today we're going to be discussing the Shawcolor R5000 series and we're going to dive deep. It's so lovely to have a technical specialist with us today to answer all of those questions that we all have about so many applications and areas within the print space. Paul, welcome. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. It really is. It's so nice to be able to dive deep into technical stuff. But before we do, Paul, can you share your career journey and role as a technical application specialist here at Epson UK? Yeah, great. So um, like most people, obviously, didn't really understand print when I was at school. It's just something that just really happened. So I had no aspirations of actually uh, of working in the print industry just seemed to, to land in it, really. Um Everything I, I've done professionally should be for working in the city, but it wasn't really something I enjoyed. So um, I ended up going for, for for two jobs, one for a company as a, a workshop engineer doing film processes for the, the rapid access industry. So if you remember back, rapid access film was used to, to, to make plates for LIFO, mm-hmm. um, for standard offset printing or, or web presses as using in magazines and newspapers, etc. Um, did that for 18 months, working in the workshop, just testing machines, doing simple repairs, etc. from there. And then I got the opportunity to move into a field service role. So um, I was then doing, doing field service, uh, repairing the machines at customer sites. And we wasn't just doing rapid access, we was actually doing x-ray developers as well. So pretty much anything that was used for a developer or fixer. Um, Quite interesting. We visited some good sites, that uh, prisons being one of them, uh, military okay. bases, MI6. We did MI6 building, uh, Guildhall. Um, so lots, lots of interesting, interesting sites to go to. Uh, did that for about seven, eight years, and then a, a mutual customer of the company I worked for uh, suggested I move to this other company. Um, moved to them. Uh, they again were doing film processes, but this company happened to be a um, not just a, a supplier of machines, a supplier of materials. Mm-hmm. So they could see that obviously rapid access was, was slowly declining. But they was also seeing a, a big uptake in, in people buying papers and inks for Epson products. Okay. This is where proofing really started to, um, to come in. Um, prior to that, people were doing proofings on things like chromalins or match prints, uh, which are quite expensive to produce. So more and more people start to use Epson products to, to, to proof their, um, that, that, that their final product on, on the printing press. So he could see, obviously, a market developing here. So he sent me to Epson to do some training. Great. So I then started doing uh, Epson servicing on, on products there, Epson, Epson installations, but also color management solutions. So it's not just a printer. We're just installing the, the RIP software to go with it. Yeah. Did that for about 10 years, and then a um, job Epson came up. So uh, I applied for the job Epson. Fortunately, I got the, got the position. So when I first started Epson, I worked in the, the service team. Okay. Doing the, uh, again, escalations, um, high-end visits, etc. from there. 
did that again for say maybe about three or four years and then a position in the sales team came up but fortunately not in a sales position so i work for the uh, the lfp or, or commercial industrial sales team but in a technical capacity okay so my current position within the company would be i would do uh product evaluation so we may get new products from japan and we will um look at them and we'll feed back on the on the products um any improvements we think we we, we need to do or potentially any issues we find etc from there um would also do solutions so we would um advise our reseller channel when this is a particular product you need to be looking at for your, okay. your customer with that uh show support obviously is one of our, our main things but pretty much anything from a, a technical capacity for the the commercial industrial team is, is what i pretty much take on today that's amazing all across the large format space all the large format so um go back 20 years ago we had three products in the range so mm-hmm. pretty much um the account managers would be able to handle the technical aspect of those three products the only difference was the width okay one ink type different whips now we've got multiple ink types we've got multiple um products for, for different applications so if you think about it like um we got plus of prints onto textiles onto um Fomex boards onto vinyls for vehicle wrapping for canvases for um we even down into like mini labs for doing photo production so it's pretty a huge, much uh, it's a huge portfolio isn't it yeah yeah and that's obviously where I come in because of um, having one person to, to, to specialise in the area who's who can um, analyse and interpret the new products coming through and then offer that knowledge to the reseller channel or to advise the account managers, whatever, whatever we need to do. That's amazing. It's amazing, Paul, isn't it? And I think it always helps so much, doesn't it, when you've actually been out in the field for such a long time because you understand the pain points of the customers. And that's that's it. So we're obviously coming from a what I call like a, tr- a traditional printing background, mm-hmm. from um, the traditional LIFO printing. Pr- proofing obviously is not not as big as it used to be, but it's it's still still quite a big market. But when I first started working at Epson eleven years ago, proofing was still huge, um, and it gave me a real understanding of why the customers needed needed the accuracy because I, I I I've seen it actually seeing them do the printing. There was, there's no point in the proof being seventy percent accurate. It's got to be hundred percent accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's not 100%. It's a fail, isn't it? Yeah. It's waste. We don't want waste anymore. No. Definitely. Paul, just before we move on then, what do you enjoy most about the print industry and your role at Epsom? So I think for my role, it's, um, I always say I'm, I'm lucky to probably work in the best division within the company because mm-hmm. it's it's very interesting that we don't, I could be talking to a photographer in the morning and then to a vehicle wrapper in the afternoon or we might get involved in a, 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 a textile um, setup because mm-hmm. obviously with, with our Mona Lisa range of products, that's a, a lot more involved in the sales process than say maybe a, a smaller photo product uh-huh. or with, with the different ink types involved, etc. from there. It's, it's more the fact, as I say, before I started in the print industry, print was something that just happened. I didn't even know how newspapers was printed. Um, now, obviously, I understand newspapers, magazines etc but you see the vehicle wraps and it's amazing how you're now printing onto a vinyl and applying that to, to a vehicle or the, the the t-shirts in the shops or the textiles or the dresses or wall coverings curtains upholstery all this stuff is printed 
it's and fast as well, all on demand these days. Exactly. And customized. No, just, when you think about it, if you don't work in the industry, you don't get it. But how 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 is this stuff created? It's obviously created one way. But as I say, I don't think people who don't work in it don't fully appreciate the, the background to what goes into creating these products they see on the shelves. I don't think they do. I don't think they realise the depth of technology yeah. that's evolved either and how it's been fine-tuned over the last 20 years. Oh, I see, yeah, say, to say they, I think one of the, obviously the, 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 the accuracy of the droplets that we fire from our print nets, I think one of the, um, the analogies I was told is that it's like firing a, a golf ball out of a plane at 30,000 feet onto the football pitch beneath. <laughs> <laughs> and they landed exactly where you want it to go. That's that's the pinpoint accuracy of, of, of the technology. Amazing, isn't it? It really is mm. amazing. Paul, you've got so much knowledge, but today I want to want to concentrate really and fine tune into the what just one of the technologies actually that Epson offer for in, the interior decor sector. So we are going to concentrate around the Shore Color R five thousand, and and particularly because it's such a growth market. I'd like to talk about wall coverings if that's possible. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's one of the ideal applications for this particular product. Now, the, the R5000, we, we launched, um, unfortunately, during the middle of the pandemic, um, which isn't, isn't always the best time to, to launch, a, launch a product. Okay. But uh, the, the background to the machine is that Epson have, have, have been in um, the signage industry now quite, quite, a, quite a few years. The, Epson are always about top quality products, first and foremost. We mm-hmm. come from the photographic industry, so... All the products that, that we produce, they start off with quality and then, then we, we, we strive for the speed, et cetera, after that. So Epson have got a, the, the hugely successful Shore Color S-Series range of printers. Uh-huh. Um, been out now around, around seven years. So what we've done, we, we've, we've built off the chassis of the S-Series. So all the benefits of the S-Series that the, the current crop of customers are enjoying, you're going to get those, those advantages with the R-Series as well, with the R5000s. But... Obviously, what one thing is is the ink technology is different now. Um, with the the resin ink, it's, it's obviously water based ink, um, uh-huh. so great for sustainability and messages like like that. But it's also very good for scratch resistance. Okay, very so, important. Yeah, yeah especially with wall coverings. If someone wants to, uh, you, you don't want to laminate the wall covering, or in a supermarket, if someone wants to bash a trolley into it. Obviously, it's going to be, be more durable than a uh, other printing methods out there. We also get um, obviously amazing color gamut using um, pigmented ink technology, but you also do it in a, in a range of uh, print modes and print speeds. So the printer itself is capable of, of, of fantastic speeds at one pass printing, at four pass printing, etc. So applications like maybe going to be viewed from 20, 30 meters away. Also got the higher print qualities for um, like nine pass and 14 pass for, for more close up viewing, like a, a wall covering or a vehicle wrap, etc. And then we go to, to the real top end um, speeds, like 20, 20 pass for back applications. Okay. We want to do films and things like that. So we have, we have a, a wide range of, of print modes and, and, and materials you can actually put through the printer. So it's very versatile. Yeah, it's easy to say. Yeah. So why do, you think, why do you think it's particularly applicable to wall coverings then? So how does the te- what does the technology offer a customer who specifically wants to explore the decor market? As a new sector, so as I said it's, it, it's been built on the base of the Shore Color S series. So yeah. um, with, with the Shore Color S series, it, it's known out there for a lot of its, its key key parts of it. One being the um, the feed accuracy and dimensional stability. Great. Now, if you're if you're someone who's, who's looking to get into wall coverings, 
as you know, you, you're printing a whole wall. You cannot print that in one go. So you need to tile the job in, into individual sections. Now, that's fantastic, but unless your printer is giving you accurate um, accurate feed, drop after drop after drop, yeah. and dimensional stability. So with dimensional stability, I mean um, the, the right-hand side length is consistent with the left-hand side length. Yeah. Okay? You don't want one side being longer than the other. Yeah, no you're stretch. Straight, you're going to have issues when you go to fit the application onto the wall. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, our, our product uses the same feed system from our Shaw Color S series. So we maintain... Um, we call it uh, advanced tensioning control. So with the advanced tensioning control, we can dynamically and real time uh, adapt for changes in roll weights. Great. Okay. That's so, really also, important. Yes. Yeah, so so if you imagine if, if you're not if you're not compensated for changes in roll weight, you're you're pulling the material through, yeah. and as it gets lighter, it becomes easier, and that's when it's going to get discrepancies in, in in feed accuracy. No, you're absolutely right, Paul. And you know it differs across you know different on wovens or vinyls and so many different so much different media out there it behaves differently under tension and heat doesn't it yeah yeah as i said obviously um our machine itself runs at slightly lower lower temperatures than other um competitive ink sets out there so um by obviously by lower the temperatures we we're not going to be under so much um issues with stretch on the materials either so it's really working with the customer to, to shorten the learning curve i guess the technology yeah. that's built in there yeah, so well, one of the other things that we offer as well to our customers that we purchase a Shore Color S or R series printer is we offer something called um, Epson Shore Color Academy. Okay. So the Epson Shore Color Academy is um, is is it's a free course that we 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 um, open up to to the customers who purchase the product and say you can send one, two, three, four of your your users down and you you spend the day with me in our head office in Hemel Hempstead, and we we take you through the. The, the learning process of the product, but we also explain why do we do certain things? Because we find if people have a, um, a better understanding of why we do things, they're more likely yeah. to do them. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you address the pain points right at the very beginning? Yeah. As I said, it, it's, it's used opportunity for customers to, uh, to come in with questions, let us answer those questions and send you away full of knowledge on how to get the best out of your product. It's great. Can we just double back a little bit onto the resining? So what yeah. are the benefits for the actual printer themselves and the product? Well, yeah. the, the, the ink technology itself. Mm, yeah, let's just talk a little bit about the resin inks, inks themselves because they're, 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 diff, they're different. They're not new to Epson though, are right. they? No, so say the, the resin inks, Epson obviously are, are in a, a fortunate position that not only do we manufacture the chassis and the print heads, et cetera, as well, we also have our own ink chemists. So we manufacture our own ink chemistry. Now, um, Epson have actually been using resin inks for some years now in our, our shore press device. So if you don't know, our, our shore press device is our industrial label printer. Okay. Like in like or everything Epson does, it's all about the quality. So it's used quite a lot in um, labeling of, of bottles, um, especially in the whiskey industry is one of the, the, the key areas because you're spending a lot of money on a bottle of whiskey. The label's got to look the part. And that's the test of time as well, yeah, I guess. Exactly. So so our, our inks, our resin inks, have, we have been doing these now for, for some years. So it's not a new ink technology to Epson. But obviously, it's new to the signage sector for, for Epson. Okay, so it's an application into a new marketplace yeah. then. And I think we touched on this before, didn't we, with regards to product. Because it's because it's resin, because it's pigment as well, is it going to give you really great light fastness and also good durability on the surface? 
Yeah, so we, obviously the, the ratings that we, we look at is obviously outdoor durability for this particular device. So we would say three years outdoor and laminated, but an indoor durability, you, you're not exposed to um, uh, the, the, the elements, et cetera, the wind, the rain, the snow, et cetera. So from an indoor durability, you're going to be looking at several several years. So wall coverings, it's it's in, in excess of 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be in a pigment. Very important, very important because wall coverings in the home can fade. Yeah. They? they fade and they can, you know, f- depending on when you just buy conventional wall coverings that are printed during, during flex, so over time they, they actually can change colour. So all of these things are things that people aren't necessarily aware of at the point of purchase, but they need to, they need to look out for them. And they're also great upsells for the manufacturers themselves that you can talk about the great benefits of, of printing with pigment onto wall coverings. Yeah, to say one one of the other features of, of, of our printer is always is its long life print head. Yes. So um, our print head itself is a piezo technology and our Epson have been using piezo technology all the way through um, the manufacturing of printers. Now, unlike a, 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 a thermal um, design head, piezo uses little, generates little to no heat. So it doesn't degrade over time like a like a say a thermal um, design head would do. So they're not classed as a consumable item. Okay. So what it gives you again is confidence and reliability that when you're when when you're you're printing that wall covering, if you need to print the same wall covering six months later, chances are you've not replaced that print head. You're using the same print head. The colours are going to be consistent. The colours going to be as accurate as they was you did you did six months ago from that. What we have done though is we've looked into um, obviously the the usability of of the products and the market that this machine is going into that um, customers can't afford any downtime. Yes. Now the the printhead is is the key part of of the printer. It really is the engine. It's it's what really makes sets that printer apart from other printers out there. So we've actually made this printhead user replaceable. So again, it's, we don't expect them to fail. It's not a consumable item. There's there's no, once you've done X amount of litres through the hedge, you need to replace it. That printer will go, will go on and on and on and on as long, as long as it does. But we have put the ability in there now for the customer to actually replace it themselves. And that's a simple five-minute process. It's, it literally unclips it. You do not need any special training or special tools. Um, it's very simple to do. Five minutes to replace the head and 55 minutes automatic to adjust itself and it's done. Amazing. We were talking offline earlier, Paul, about that um, and how print heads, each print head has its own personality. But that's actually recorded at manufacturer, isn't it, by Epson? Yeah, so we, we so they, they call them a head rank ID. So the, the head rank ID is like, um, imagine like a, a, a fine tweak to the individual voltage for that particular head. Uh-huh. Okay, and that's how we can then get um, consistency from machine to machine, site to site. So you, your print head uh, is, say, 4.9 picolitre. Okay, but then my printer might be five picolitres, four point eight, etc. We can fine tune and tweak those print heads so they get exactly the same droplet size within tolerances from site to site, machine to machine. Now, when you're coming to color consistency, people seem to think color consistency just derives from mixing CMYK inks on paper. It's not just that. It's also the size of your droplets, the positioning of your droplets um, onto your, your material, how you get your repeatable color and color consistency which again is another feature of the R5000 that we have um, a heated platen so that the okay. heated platen is there to to ensure that the environmental characteristics of the materials stay the same. So if you imagine printing a material in January and then put the same material in August, your environments are very, very different. So you're going to get more dot gain on a material that's colder versus a hotter material. 
So by controlling that temperature on the platen, we can actually control your colour consistency regardless of the seasons. But the machine's actually doing this itself. Yeah, it's all, all machines. All Matty does it yourself. Gosh, Paul, it's amazing, isn't it, how intuitive money f- the, the technology mm. is becoming? Yeah, no, so it is. It's a, it's a great print. So it's one of the things that we we teach people on the Sure Colour Academy program is that we, we we show them the range of EMX files at their disposal, that they can apply them to the printer, that no two medias are the same. Don't treat a, a vinyl like a paper. Yes. Okay? So many people out there would say one setting for materials and then wonder why the quality is not as good as it should be. Okay. Is that the biggest problem you see out there in the field? People just don't respect yeah, materials, just, uh, don't uh, understand one them? Of, one of the things you see is, is obviously it's, it's, it's education. Um, yeah. Of, of of the the product that we've made it so simple now with the R and the S series that it's it's a one touch button to to calibrate your material and once you calibrate your material it's then saved onto onto the product. Okay, we give people fifty locations on that device. They can store up to fifty materials. No one's okay. going to have fifty materials, but we give people the ability to have fifty materials. Uh, most people might have four or five materials. So once you've calibrated it, it's then saved onto the printer and it's, you simply just select it from the panel when you load it. That's incredible. Can you just double back a bit? What's an EMX yeah. file? Could you explain so, that? So EMX stands for Epson Media Extension. Now, um, if you go back eight, nine, ten years ago, you could have different rips and you could have different output from the same printer. And that was a lot to do because a lot of the rip manufacturers developed their own halftime modules. So one particular rip manufacturer might favour using more smaller droplets because all of our head technology is capable of multiple droplet sizes or a combination of three of them. Okay. So if the rip vendor had their own halftime module, they might favour more medium droplets, more smaller droplets, etc. So you could have uh, one machine, rip vendor A, rip vendor B, and two different outputs. Mm-hmm. So what we did um, going back when we launched the S-Series was a launch site called Precision Dot. So Precision Dot is our umbrella name for, for free core Epson technologies. Our lookup tables. So we have specific lookup tables for substrates. So we'll have a lookup table for a vinyl, lookup table for a paper. Lookup can you table just ex- for- Paul, Sorry. can you just explain to for listeners what a lookup table is? So a lookup table is basically explaining the characteristics of how how um, how we treat the material. So anyone that's done profiling uh, would know you go for the process of linearization, mm-hmm. ink limit per channel, and the transition from light to dark inks. Okay, so. That's quite a lengthy process, and that's that's managed um, by the person doing the profiling. What the lookup table does is is giving everyone a starting point with all of that in- in- incorporated into it. So you haven't got. So if you've got a machine like the R five thousand, for example, which has light sign light magenta, mm-hmm. you don't need to manage at what point does the light sign light magenta come in. Okay, so sign light sign and sign are treated as one channel in in, in the, the profiling process. Yeah. But at what point do you want to start using cyan? Okay. Because obviously to reduce the graininess, you use the light inks. But that's all been done in Japan um, using the lookup tables. So, and as I said to you, no materials are the same. So why would we treat a paper like a banner or a paper like a textile? Okay. So we have specific lookup tables for each different material out there. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, I've... Sorry. I think you know it, it. You know when you talk about lookup table and you talk about gradients, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, overcoming those challenges that variabilities in artwork give you. Yeah. Um, 
across the field, you know, in a customized world, we're taking orders for so many different things all of the time. And as you said, we just don't have time to do that proofing, do we? So using intuitive technology that can read it and automatically choose the best option is the way forward, isn't it? Yeah, so the, the, the lookup table is built into the EMX. That's that's just one of the the, the, the free components. The, the other component is our microwave. So that's effectively how are we blending the dots per pass. Yeah. Obviously, each material is done either one pass, four pass, six pass, nine pass, etc. So is that, helping you get, is that helping you get really strong ground colours and solid colours? Yeah, that, a lot of that is also – that's down to the half-tone module as well. So okay. Half-tone module being intelligent, as I said, our print heads are capable of three different droplet sizes or combination of all three. So what, why would you print a solid grey and use the smallest droplet size? Mm-hmm. It's completely inefficient. Your head's capable of producing larger droplets, cover the area more efficiently, more uniformly from there. And that's that's the three core technologies which make up uh, Precision Dot. So just to finish off on the EMX, so inside an EMX file is you have all of that information, your lookup table information, your ICC profiles, um, and they'll have, they'll have ICC profiles for each relevant pass rate. So mm-hmm. if it's, a, a um, say, a vinyl for vehicle wrapping, for example, we'll have a 6, a 9, and a 14 pass in there, in that it built into the EMX. But what's also in the EMX file, which is um, really important, is that see, some people struggle with, well, what temperature do I set on my panel? What tension do mm-hmm. I set? What platen gap do I set? These, When you look at that menu, it can be quite daunting because there's lots of advanced features in there, and it's... I, I don't know how to set it, and, and the, the supplier of the media may not be able to advise you. So what we do inside the EMX includes all those settings. So when you apply that to the printer, that sets the printer up for you. You don't need to guess at, at any any of this. Wow, that's going to save a world of waste, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it is. Hey, again, just going back to that, that's what the Short Colour Academy is for. It's just to make sure people are getting the job right and getting it done right first time. Sharing of knowledge and knowledge transfer is absolutely critical, isn't it, Paul? Yeah. It really is. Um, you know, years ago, people would kind of hold all of that close to their hearts, really, and not share. But we have to now, if we're going to accelerate this industry and really accelerate the adoption of um, of digital technologies across the board everywhere, we've got to start sharing. We've got to make it easier, haven't we? So being yeah. able to just rock go online at any time, because you know as well as I do, it's always... It's always at a very inconvenient time there's a problem on a machine or a substrate, isn't there? And it's also on a very tight deadline. So be able to go online and find the information in the academy must be very helpful for customers. Yeah, that's, that was one of the other, other reasons for Short Colour Academies as well. It, it People can come in and they actually go away with ideas. that well, I didn't realise the machine could do that. Yeah. So um, it really gives them a inspiration to go away and try something different on the machine. Well, I think that's true, isn't it? Because once a production site gets set in a way of doing something, it's yeah. hard to get the operators to change unless you can show them something that, like you say, is intuitive, really quick and simple, but improves performance and, and quality all of the time. It's, if you can prove it and show it them, it's more likely to be adopted, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. as I say, it's been, been hugely, hugely popular for us. That's great. Paul, just before we, we've got a couple a couple more questions, but I think one of the important things to talk about as well is um, the Epson Cloud Solution Port. I think that's so important, isn't it, now for connectivity 24-7? Yeah, so uh, we launched Epson Cloud Solution Port um, a couple of years ago now. It's, uh, 
it's proven very popular. It's, it's a free bit of software that we, we provide. It just allows people to, to get real-time production monitoring across um, either multiple machines, multiple sites. So as a production manager, for example, you could um, download the, the app from App Store and have it in your iPhone. And you might have a, a site in Manchester, a site in Germany, a site in New York, wherever they are. And you can actually get real-time feedback of what's going on at each of these sites. And you can see, um, are there any bottlenecks in your in your production line? Um, can we streamline this? Are, are we using that machine enough? Um, you can also get real-time reporting. So you can get uh, spreadsheets pulled out from them, um, from the, the, the software application, which will tell you, how much that job used in ink? How ma- how many square meters of material that job job actually consumed? So it's it's really useful for you to like plan your costings and um, to keep on top of really of your uh, your margins really. Very important at the moment, isn't it? Really, that everyone yeah. can stay on top of that and be as efficient as possible. And I'm saying, and, and the, the fact it's cloud based is a, is a real benefit. We, we, we obviously we, we speaking about obviously multiple sites, multiple locations. It's, it's just as beneficial for the person who's only got one machine. That um, so many people we speak to who are who have only got one machine are tend to be one man band. So they are they are working on their own. Um, yeah. And for example, on 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 a Friday evening, for example, they they put a roll of material on. Um, put onto the take up system. They're confident that take up systems that they're happy to leave it running. But they, they know that roll of material is not going to last all night. Yeah. So the day's gone by, they have to sit there, wait yeah. for the roll to run out, and then load it on. But now we've had a few customers saying, I love this bit of, bit of software because I can put the roll on, I can go home, have my dinner, put my feet up, check on my app, and I can see this job's finished. Get in the car, yeah. go back, change the roll, go home again. Yeah. So it's not just for people who have uh, fleets and fleets of machines and, and multiple locations. It can really benefit the person with one machine. And as it's free, it's, it's really a no-brainer. And it makes a difference between running a night shift or not, doesn't it, yeah. Paul, really? You know, you'd, in the past, you'd have to have, you know, a member of staff there all night monitoring machines. And now, as I say, you can you can just monitor it on your phone. Amazing, really is. Travelling, doing whatever you're doing, it's fantastic. And also, I guess that helps people in the days of customer service, doesn't it, really? Everyone wants to know what's where and when it's going to be delivered. So being able to produce those reports quickly is is very, very important to all of us, I think. Yeah, and then I did how much is actually realistically costing you, obviously, with the the price of materials going up, all the, these things. Obviously, the margins are getting tighter and tighter, and, and being able to make sure you're getting the best out of the machine is really important. It is. In an on-demand world, it's very, very important. Um, Paul, just before we finish, I've got a couple more questions. Sustainability is something customers are now looking for. I mean, it's just so front of mind, isn't it, really? What um, what would you say are the environmental benefits of the Shore Color R5000, both the technology and the inks? How do you think it's making the biggest impact? Well, one of the biggest impacts is that obviously the inks are water-based. Um, uh-huh. that's, that's, that's a huge benefit. And you're, you're getting the, 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 the benefits of other inks using the signage sector, as in the outdoor durability, the UV resistance, um, all the things you expect to come from a, from, a, from a different ink type using this sector. But with it being water-based, it means it's fully recyclable. So as long as you pair that with a, a, a eco-solution uh, banner or PVC vinyl or... Yeah. Um, papers non-woven wallpapers being one of them you can fully recycle that uh that material and it can be used again and again and again with with the ink type one of the other huge benefits is that we've moved over to a a pouch based system when we are delivering our ink 
So the benefit of a pouch-based system is, is it's 80% less weight, 90% less space required to ship the equivalent volume of ink around That's the world. That's huge. Yeah. So obviously what, what that means from our perspective is it's a, uh, less containers needed, less CO2 is generated, um, less warehouse space required, all things like that. It's so important to look to, to drill down to every single detail, isn't it, Paul? Yeah, really? yeah as I say, we, um, yeah. That's, that's the method we're going. And obviously with Epson, we offer our, our cartridge recycling program. So free of charge, any Epson user can go online. They can order what we, what we call the blue box. Um, yeah. The blue box sits in the corner. You put your empty um, ink pouches or cartridges into there. We then will come and collect that free of charge and we, we, we recycle them. Now, we, we don't reuse the cartridges because obviously part of the, the, the process is with the cartridges is it has to be a, a clean environment. Um, so we can't have any contaminants getting near it. Mm-hmm. But they get made into things like car parts, uh, car seats, bumpers, etc., like that. So they are fully recycled. Really, that's amazing. Paul, just, just before we move on to the last question, how would you say energy efficiency and how important that, I mean, that's just a, a massive factor, isn't it, for anybody in manufacturing right now? Do you think the efficiency of the machine with regards to energy is 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 helping everybody as well? Yeah, to say, it's, it's comparable to other machines out in that sector. Obviously, the heat is involved, it, it will consume electric, but we have um, different settings within the panel, so the customer can customise it themselves. So at what point do we want to go into a standby mode? And that could be um, immediately yeah. after printing or 15 minutes, you set it yourself and the entire that. Once machines go into standby, like anything, they, they really consume very, very little power just, just sitting there in a, a, a ready state or waiting for the, for the next job to come down. But all of that could be controlled through the cloud support thing. Yeah, you, you, you can. Well, no, you can go into the actual menu on the printer itself. So right. inside the menu, there will be standby mode, heat off timers, all things like that. And right. it's customizable um, by the customer. And obviously, the, the, the reseller channel can, can, can fully support the customer setting this up for themselves. But by, by default, as it comes out of the factory, they are, they are set to, uh, to, to an optimum standard. But the customer can reduce that or increase that should they want yeah. to. I think the message is control, isn't it? Yeah. Really. Yeah. And that how how I'm I'm so I'm so glad that you joined us today. It's been so nice to to drill down into everything really to help people understand what really is in the hood of all of these machines, the technology, and how it's just incrementally being improved all the time, really, in a very short space of time, really, Paul. I think you yeah, agree. Say, I, in in my time working. I've been working on I've been working at Epson eleven years. Been working on Epson products over twenty. Yeah. And I always say to people, as I say, it was free products when I first started working on them. Now it's now closer to 50 um, <laughs> with the range that we, we're now dealing with. But we have products for every single industry out there now, which again, which is part of the, what is interesting about the job. But um, I've seen massive leaps. So when I first started, it was dye-based ink, which is, yeah. as you say, two weeks later, it's faded and changed color. Uh-huh. Then pigments came in, and then the light colours came in, and then pigments uh, they managed to improve pigment technology to to increase the colour gamut, and and it was almost like a, a huge curve going up. And, and inkjet technology has come to a not a plateau, but the the, the improvements now are are more um, as you say um, sustainability points and longevity and things like that. Now is what what we're really striving for. Yeah, it's fine tuning and efficiency, isn't it really? Yeah, yeah. Said it was um, it was massively twenty years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all, all towards sustainability yeah. and improving Prince reputation within the industry, really. Which, you know, is massive, massive, massive strides. And Epson have won lots of awards, haven't they, as well? Lots and lots and lots of awards. Yeah, yeah environmental. 
sustainability reports. I think we're always in the quite near, quite near the top with that. Yeah, um, all different environmental rewards we've got as well. So, yeah. Huge progress, huge progress. Just before we finish then, um, you obviously love this industry, Paul, which is so lovely, so lovely to hear. Um, we focus mainly on wall coverings today um, for a very, very, very versatile machine. What are your favourite products and applications outside of wall coverings for this machine? It's, it's incredibly versatile, really. Pretty much anything that you are um, currently printing on a, an indoor outdoor signage product, you, you can put through this machine as well. So we've had a, a lot of people looking at this machine for canvas production, being one of them, because because of the resin ink technology and the, the scratch resistance that it offers, yeah. you can be, uh, when you're normally doing canvases when you're on a standard water-based product, you've got to be very, very careful you don't scratch or scuff the, the canvas when you're, when you're framing them. Mm-hmm. With the resin inks, you can I'm not saying you deliberately do it, but you haven't got to be quite so uh, so cautious or, or careful as you would do before. So people like the durability that the it gives them with that. Backlit films is another one. Films for window displays, obviously with with the pigment inks, the UV resistance that it offers as well. Vehicle wrapping is is a is is a huge market for this this sort of technology because the immediate lamination that the the resin inks offer people is that. Um, for example, a vehicle wrapper is, is is doing a car on a Friday morning and yep. they, they, they mess the wing up on, on the afternoon. Now, in other ring technologies, you should really give it, um, some people say 24 hours, some people say 48 hours. We say within an eight-hour window with, with our technology, but eight hours on a Friday afternoon is not is not going to be quick enough. With the resin yep. ink, it's printed, laminated on that car that same, same moment. No okay. need to leave it to cure. No. As soon as it comes off, it's laminated straight on. So it's a huge, huge benefit to the uh, to the vehicle wrapping industry. And one of the other things, obviously, with our head technology being piezo and variable droplet sizes, its smallest droplet size is four point nine picoliters. So it's, it's it's pushing it to the to the photo quality. So very popular with vehicle wrappers because they are looking for that edge, something a little bit different that the other other technologies out there don't offer them with that. But yeah, so going on, so any sort of papers you can put through the machine. Eco banners is another popular one. Uncoated stock, which you might necessarily not better do with a, with another ink type. You can you uh-huh. can print on too using the uh, the resin inks. So it's quite quite versatile. Again, that's one of the things that the Shore Color Academy offers as well. That customers come in and 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 we show them the different things they can do with the inks. Yeah. Okay, it might be our S series or our R series. And they might have bought the machine just to print banners on and go, well, actually, I can do wallpapers. I can do backlit films. I can do pull-up cassettes. I can do floor graphics. Um, so they go away with the ideas. And, and that's why that's the versatility of all of our short color range of machines, really. They can explore new markets with one machine. Yeah. And the people have to. I say coming from a, a LIFO background is what I, what I started in. A lot of LIFO printers now have to diversify into different areas because – margins in life open have been squeezed and squeezed and squeezed so mm-hmm. much now um the competition out there and so a lot of people are having to go well we need to get into new markets let's yeah. let's get a a, a, a a signage device let's get a poster device let's we, we, we've got a design team we've got a studio sitting there let's put that talents to, to use somewhere else yeah. banners etc from there so uh for a relatively small investment compared to a printing press that, that they've got a whole new revenue stream Absolutely, and I think the decor space itself offers incredible opportunities. Yeah. You know, whether you know, and it's it's so vast, isn't it? Because it goes all the way from residential all the way through to contract office interiors, hospitality, yachts, cruises, you know, spas. It's it's just such a vast, vast, vast marketplace. Um, yeah, the, the 
one of the other things, obviously, with the, the, the different materials out there and, and especially some of the um, the adhesives that the, the, the people are using on yeah. um, wall coverings these days being repositionable, the rental market as well, that if you're renting a property, you generally can't do the decorating. So having the repositionable wallpapers, which is easy to remove, yeah. you can obviously do, you can decorate your, 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 your property and then remove it again six months yeah. later. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it just I've, there's a marked change, isn't there, in the amount of substrates that are available there as well for printers to explore and be more creative with the technology that they have. You know, years ago, you'd have to buy, I don't know, 1,000 metres. Now you can buy 25 metres of anything. Yeah, and, yeah. So yeah print, you know, print on demand is huge. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They, um, so we, we a lot of people in the textile sector are doing that. They are obviously being, as you say, you go to analog methods. It wasn't practical to do print on demand, but with digital, it's a lot easier. Same as what we do with our, our DTG devices, um, because it's it's digital, it's customizable. Versus more traditional screen printing routes, where you have to have a screen for each individual letter or, or sorry or yeah. word or number, etc. Now it's digital. Obviously, you can just do customization for one-offs or 50 or whatever. Where's it all going to end, Paul? <laughs> I don't know. So say, it's all, always interesting. Never, it's never always interesting. Yeah, we were talking about that off air, weren't we, really? How every day is different. And it just is such an incredibly exciting in- industry, isn't it, really? Oh, it is. You say, you, you can talk to a photographer in the morning. You talk to a vehicle wrapper yeah. in the afternoon. Very, very different industries. What what photographers demand versus what the signage industries demand are very, very different. Oh, well, Paul, I'm sure you're helping all of your customers to adapt across different market spaces and sharing your knowledge as well. It's fantastic. Paul, thank you so, so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking right, with you, you and diving deeper into technology. Thank you. Thank you.